This is a public service announcement before you listen to this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Now, we had to record it on the fly and on location during one of our theatre trips this week because of scheduling. And it wasn't until we were halfway through recording that we realised we were stood pretty much directly under a busy London flight path. So you are going to hear a few planes going overhead, be warned. But we wanted to get an episode recorded now for you guys. So please enjoy this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Today we are coming to you live from outside Wilton's Music Hall because we all got such busy schedules. Uh, we've barely found time to all get together, so it's just today you've got Oscar and Ruby. And we are coming to see some at Wilton's Music Hall tonight. More on that later. We are. And we just found a little break in the rain to do a little recording outside. I'm not quite sure where we are. We're quite fenced off. It looks like there is a park over there. We've gone down an alley. (laughs) We are literally down an alley, East London. So why don't you do the top tip this week, Ruby? As I Alice will, as Alice is not here. And as Alice is not here and she has entrusted me to do the top tip, and as I don't get the opportunity to do this very often, I'm going to do a double top tip. Double whammy. Which is a bit cheeky. But basically, uh, it's uh, they are both performances of Hamlet. Uh, one, which I'm very excited about, is uh, Kush Jumbo. Uh, from the good wife from the good wife and the good fight uh, who we love who is doing Hamlet uh, at the Young Vic uh, she's playing Hamlet right she is playing Hamlet yes cool. uh, which is cool um, and I mean the Young Vic are on a pretty good run at the moment um, with yeah. their new artistic director Kwame Kwe Armour who seems to be doing a lot of really interesting and you know cool productions of kind of classic uh theater pieces um and this one is it's it's not on until next year so it's uh it's july 2020 to august 2020 but the tickets go on sale on the 25th of june 18th of june if you're a friend of the young bit the 25th of june general sale and i think that it will be quite a hot ticket so if you're interested yeah, in seeing her, for anyone who kind of thinks that's so far away like we booked, I booked my Death of a Salesman tickets last September. Yeah. And the thing is, I got them for 10 quid. Exactly. If it comes nearer the time and you can't make that day, you can either try and swap them or sell them back because there's always a returns yeah. queue. They always sell out. Just do it. Just book yeah. it now. Spend and Death 10 pounds. Death of a Salesman now is completely sold out. Yeah. It's actually now transferring to the, West, the West End, end as transfer. well, isn't it? So yeah, just, I would say just book a ticket for this, for yeah. Hamlet for next year. And if you can't go on that day for some unbeknownst reason then just sell your ticket or yeah. swap it or just get more to you know just do it because otherwise when it comes around you'll be like oh i really want to see that and i'll be like be oh no late. it's sold out but if you can't wait until next year to see hamlet uh, i was also reading today about um a production of hamlet that's being done by the iris theater company according it's their 10th anniversary year of doing uh performances in and around the what's called the actors theater uh, the actors church which is in covent garden and uh, they are doing an outdoor promenade uh, performance of Hamlet, uh, which starts on the 19th of June. And um, I think it sounds really fun. And they're doing um, previews are £15, which are from the 19th to the 24th of June. And then the main run after that uh, is £20. So really Not good value. Much, they yeah. do a family ticket deal as well. I think it'll be quite fun. There's some sort of thing on their website about the audience having to make some decision like in the mm. performance. So I think it's a kind of you sort of follow the action around but are also kind of asked to participate in some ways so um yeah I think that'll be a really fun thing to go and see 
Yeah, you went to see that outdoor Shakespeare last year by Shakespeare in the Squares. Which one did you see? I saw Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night outside. They're back again as well, actually, if you look them up. Shakespeare in the Squares doing outdoor productions around London this year. So, Do love a bit of outdoor Shakespeare. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes the weather's bad... You've just got to take that risk, that gamble. And if it's, you know, if it's really bad, just go get a drink in Covent Garden somewhere and skip it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just take an umbrella. Yeah. Come on, we're British. Cool, so that's our Hamlet tub tip double bill. Um, so, Ruby, I'm going to tell you about... Well, yeah, what have you been to see, Oscar? I've been to see quite a few plays, no musicals oh this week. Oh my God, what's Can going on? Can you believe it? I've been hitting some hard drama. So I went to see a new production of Glass Menagerie, which has just opened at the Arcola Theatre. Um, now, did we go see Glass Menagerie together? We didn't see it together, but we saw the that same, same production, production. where they yeah. were sort of floating in the water. The yeah. set was kind of, and that was a very sort of kind of ethereal almost production, wasn't mm. it? They'd set it like they were sort of in hovering in space somehow, and it was quite kind of quite subtle, I seem to remember, and quite kind of introvert and sort of spacey. Yeah, that makes which sense. sort of th- fits with the play, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it's that final line of, I didn't yeah. go to the moon, I went much further. <laughs> so this production um, is, again, quite a different sort of staging. So this is directed by Femi Elu Foju Jr. Um, and this production, he's set the main family um, as they're a black family, in America, in the same time, same time setting, they just happen to be African American, but he has kept the gentleman cooler as because um, he's of Irish descent, so they've kept him as white Irish American. So that's kind of added like a new interesting level. They've had to do some slight tweaks to the script just to remove certain like certain lines that would kind of make make it not make sense, sort of thing. So instead of the mum and the daughter being part of the, you know, the Sisters Federation Union thing, which didn't allow black members at the time. They changed it to a, a different group. So just little things like that. So they've kind of tried to set it almost as in this could have happened. And there's a whole interesting thing in the programme about how there were sort of... Because, you know, the mum in it is kind of always going on about how when she lived in the South and she was a Southern Belle and she mm. went to the Cotillions. And I think the programme's sort of saying, well, you would think that you can't really set that with a black family because she wouldn't have that history. Yeah. But they've sort of looked back and there is precedent for that. There were black landowners. There were black girls who were in cotillions. So they've tried to look at it from that angle as in like, rather than kind of setting it in this sort of colorblind universe, they've set it in the what if this was just the way it was. Um, And that's quite interesting. And that definitely adds, if you know the story, a new level, I think, to the whole gentleman caller Mm. situation and how that eventually plays out with, with him and that situation. I think the set was really lovely. So you know the Arcola have got like sort of quite a few steel girders yes. as you, in the middle. So they've turned that into the fire escape of the building. Because a lot of the oh, action happens clever. on that yeah, fire yeah. escape. And then you out come... on the stoop. Exactly. And that was a Rebecca Brower call out for the designer. Really nice designs. And then you have the apartment. Felt quite claustrophobic and small in the middle of that stage. Which I think is quite good for that family. Because mm-hmm. they're all sort of cooped in even though she's got these ideas of grandeur and John Quills. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really liked that. I think what I'll say for the performances, and I guess the direction of the performances, is some of it is pitched quite broad. Like, it's quite a big, kind of big, showy. So the mum is quite kind of, to, rather than sort of maybe being like a sort of Southern Belle kind of soft, she's a bit harder and a bit more... Um, bit more of a character really kind of delivers the lines quite and I think that works in a lot of moments of the play you get some really good laughs from that I think her playing it quite big but then there's some other moments where I think they go a little bit too far and it goes a little soapy like a little soap opera when they start having some arguments her and the son those moments I think 
because Tennessee Williams kind of does that sort of family dysfunction and the sort of more subtle kind of pain beneath the characters quite well and I think some of that is maybe lost in the larger moments but um, she was really great uh, Amanda so it was Leslie Ewan was the actress who played her and she did get some really good laughs she played those sort of because she's quite a delusional character isn't she think of all you know she's always talking about herself she's quite self-involved oh totally she's kind of internal monologue so much of it yes. isn't it and so I think she did those bits really really well um, I mean as a lot of Tennessee William plays are really yeah so they kind of they've played up um, you know the kind of the more comedic aspects of her character more and she's not super likable but I don't know if that character ever can be because she is so self-obsessed mm. but they haven't put any kind of I feel like the last production I saw she was a little softer and a little more you've kind of felt maybe a bit sorry for her or maybe sympathy not mm. you know a bit like pitied her a bit yeah. this you didn't necessarily pity her you were like she looked, she was a bit unbearable but so, maybe that's obviously how they were trying to play it yeah I mean so we all loved that production this last was very year. different so this obviously sounds like it's quite a different and quite a different take on the play I mean yeah, you're sort than, of you seem a little bit hesitant as to whether that was I just think wholly successful some or, of the moments where it went bigger didn't really work but then other moments like having a kind of jazz score those kind of bigger moments worked really well and setting it in that kind of American America of the time um, and I thought that worked really well. And I thought that the actor who played Tom, Michael Abubakar, was like the star of the show. Oh, really? And that's not what I remember from the last production. I actually don't really remember. I'm sure the actor was great who played Tom. But I don't remember his character being so interesting to me. I remember sort of being more interested in um, sort of Laura and Jim and that situation. Whereas the actress who played Laura in this was kind of it's her first ever it's her theatrical debut and I think she was a little hesitant right. and didn't quite have whereas um, Michael Abu Barker who played Tom was just kind of totally commanded the audience mm. and you know he comes on at the beginning and starts the narration and says yeah. sets the scene of what the play is going to be he just really kind of was very commanding so I saw it much more through his eyes so I think that was a more interesting perspective on it that I've never had before that I really did connect with his character more whereas sometimes I'm more invested in Laura and maybe the mother mm. And then so the end doesn't maybe land as strongly as this ending did when he's up on that fire escape talking about how he left. That was way more poignant in this one. So there were definitely things in this one that I preferred. And I think setting it with an African-American family and the kind of jazz backdrop worked so well for a Tennessee Williams play. And I think that was a big success. Just think some of the moments were played too big. So yeah, I really did enjoy it. And it's um, very affordable, obviously, because it's Arcola. Tickets are like range from 10 to 26 quid. And it's on until the 13th of July. Um, there's not really that, you know, a bad seat in the house. It's quite a small theatre, but they put a lovely set in it. You kind of get that bluesy feel for the, you know, jazz era and stuff. So, yeah, I would recommend it, definitely. Just slightly hesitant about some of the acting choices, and I think if they kind of tighten those up, they'd have a really, really special version of it, I think. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. So, but um, yeah, for 10 to 26 quid, highly recommend. If you're an East London person like me, I walked home in 10 minutes. It was a delight. <laughs> yeah. It's also a really nice theatre. It's got a really nice bar. Mm-hmm. They do uh, they do a swing night there at the weekends as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So sometimes, you know, if you went on a Friday night, I think it's Friday nights, you could go and see uh, a bit of Tennessee Williams and then maybe have a bit of, a, a, bit of, have a, bit of a dance. Um, and what else have you been to see? So I went to see another quite serious play. Um, this was an Ibsen play. Blimey, yeah, you have been, have been having it heavy. Yeah, I'm not really that familiar with Henrik Ibsen, but um, this is uh, 
and I still don't know how to pronounce it after having seen the play, Rosamaholm, I think it is pronounced. It's Swedish, um, and it's been adapted by Duncan Macmillan, directed by Ian Rickson, who used to be artistic director of um, the Royal Court Theatre. Um, Gosh, we're really under the flight path here, aren't we? (laughs) I mean, we're literally (laughs) decided to record a podcast under City Airport. So apologies, but you know, we're live, we're in the field, we cannot seem to make our schedules work to sit down in a quiet room and record this so. this is as good as it gets all right exactly so back to Rosmaham. it's uh, the reason i kind of wanted to see it was because of the cast so Haley atwell um stars as rebecca um we saw her in measure for measure which we didn't love but i think she's a great actress and it also stars tom burke who i've never seen in a play before but i really like him so the plays about he plays uh, tom burke plays a former cur- clergyman who lives in this house called rosmahome his wife has committed suicide a year prior when we first arrive at the play and um hayley atwell plays rebecca who is sort of a house guest i think she's just described as and we kind of see basically right from the beginning that they're in love. They're sort of equal minds, equal... Um, they're both into sort of new liberalist thinking. And you can tell that they're clearly in love and everyone else can see it. And they're adamantly, like, denying it, basically. They're sort of pretending that their relationship's platonic, but it's clearly not. Um, and that's sort of spelled out for you right at the beginning that this is the situation. And then there's this whole sort of political... His brother-in-law, so the dead wife's brother... Um, wants him to support the kind of more conservative candidate because he holds a lot of sway, having been a clergyman, even though no one knows that he's now lost his faith. He wants to support the Liberal, and so they're going to sort of besmirch him in the papers. But then the Liberals are like, well, if you're no longer a man of God, your word doesn't have any sway, so we're going to... So basically both sides are tearing him apart in the papers. So it's kind of, again, all these political plays are suddenly becoming very pertinent in this whole sort of fake news and people slagging each other off in the press. And so, you know, that kind of political element was quite interesting. Um, There's a bit where the housekeeper start, you know, she said, oh, I've read in the papers or everyone's saying this at town about you. And Rebecca says to her, you know, but you live in the house, like you've seen what's happening. She goes, yeah, but, you know, but people are saying it. So even with her own eyes, she is seeing the reality, but because the sort of swirl of gossip is swaying her. So that was all very interesting. But the main core is this sort of love story, I guess, a very angsty, to say the least, love story of them kind of, they both have immense guilt. It's a play about guilt and guilt and angst and them trying to admit to each other. But, you know, they feel guilty about, did she push the wife away from him so that she could get near him? Did he sort of let this happen to his wife? But basically, what I'll say is that it's quite a serious play, but an interesting one. It's quite wordy. It's not sort of, you know, it's a lot of talking, but the performances are so good. Oh, really? Yeah, Hayley Atwell and Tom Burke are just like, just loved watching them. You're just fully, fully, fully invested. So believable. Okay. Just, yeah. Well, no, no, just tell us where it's on. How long it's on for? Duke of York's Theatre. And then I want to go and buy a pizza for the oh interval. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> yeah, Wilton's, by the way, do amazing pizzas. And if you, you can want to order see, them for the interval. If you want to see Rosmaham and the amazing performances, I mean, totally recommend. Duke of York's runs till the 20th of July. Tickets are standard West End prices, but I did Today's Ticks Rush. Oh, cool. 20 quid, very easy to get. They also do them in person at the box office. And for 20 quid, I mean, I'm, the performances have kind of still stayed with me. Just... They're just brilliant theatre actors, and I was just sort of hanging on their every word, and I just was totally swept away. And the ending has a really, it's a really great ending. They do a really kind of, it builds really well. Um, so yeah, I would recommend that at the Duke of York Theatre. You got till 20th of July. Cool. So okay. we're going to go grab pizzas for the interval. We will be back at the interval, and we will talk to you maybe via a mouth 
stuffed with pizza about the sweet science of bruising, which is the play we're about to see tonight. Woohoo! So it's not the interval, it's the end of the show. We were going to maybe talk about the show during the interval, but we got so sidetracked by the delicious pizza. Too busy eating pizza! Um, yeah, it should be mentioned that Wilton's Music Hall does amazing pizza. You can order it, it's ready at the interval. It was damn delicious. Yeah, it's so good that, isn't it? I love that. It yeah, was... that was that was really good. So we came to see The Sweet Science of Bruising, which is uh, by Joy Wilkinson. And um, it was on at the Southwark Playhouse last year. And I remember because we went to see a couple of things there and I kept seeing the poster and Alice kept saying, oh, we should go and see that. Um, we never got around to it. It got some good reviews and it's now transferred to the Wilton's Music Hall. For anyone who's not been here, it's an old music hall. It dates back to like 17... Well, the bar at the front is from like seventeen, late 1700s. And then it was sort of turned into theatre in 1850, I think. It's so cool here. Yeah, it's just it's... like really stepping back into history and they've got a really lovely bar and they've, they've done it up quite a lot now. So like yeah, the upstairs the is open um, and they've got a new sort of bar area and restaurant area up there as well. Um, it's just a really nice place to hang out. Out, basically yeah so this show is set during sort of uh, victorian era i'm not sure exactly when it's supposed to be set and it is about basically female boxing um league um created obviously in a time when women were not allowed to vote let alone you know or go to the theater unchaperoned let alone box and so the players sort of written it's four main characters that when we first find them aren't particularly linked in any way. We have a nurse who wants to aspires to be a doctor. We have a an abused sort of housewife, you know, a lady of leisure, I guess you call it. We have a, a lady of the night. And then we have a, a girl who's, you know, from the north. Um, an orphan. Who... Orphan and, and clearly a very talented boxer. She sort of trains with her, her brother. Um, and so, yeah, so the first half of the show um, is kind of about how they all get brought together by this... Um, He's a kind of like a promoter. He's called yes. Professor. What's he called? Yeah, professor. he sort of got pretends to be a kind of doctor, and you know that's why it's called the sweet science of bruising because he sort of sees boxing as a as a science of the sweet science of bruising, and kind of puts airs and graces on it, and aims to create this female boxing league. Um, yeah, it's sort of um, yeah. So then they 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 all sort of gradually start fighting for one reason or another and get drawn into it and then uh it sort of develops from there i would say it uh it took me a little while to get into it at the beginning i found mm -hmm. the opening i think because the characters are quite kind of disparate and their stories sort of aren't connected and there's there's kind of quite a lot going on at the beginning in a way you get given yeah. quite a lot of information that you're sort of a bit you know kind of what's going on um but then by by the interval you know really you know picked up yeah. and they you know they'd sort of come together and and started fighting one another and and then i was quite gripped um and the second half's really good i mean it's quite dark at some points there's a bit of violence in there yeah they chose some you know dark themes and they're obviously very much looking at you know four different women's lives and how they use boxing perhaps to to escape or to prove something i mean and it's totally feminist yeah very feminist i think which i loved i think that the setting of the wilton's musical at times both enhanced and also detracted so mm. i think the fact that this is a you know victorian building in which these boxing fights could have happened definitely lent a sense of atmosphere overall but i think at times i kept thinking oh actually i think that scene would 
be better in the Southwark Playhouse in that small space with that contained energy of that small room. I think that's right. I think that it's um, because it's quite a small cast mm-hmm. um, and there are just moments where you feel like if this was in the round and that sense of, you know, being around the ring and yep, the sort definitely. of proximity to it and the, yeah, the atmosphere sometimes in that big hall was I'm, a little bit lost. Yeah, I'm surprised. I think they sh- maybe should have tried a traverse kind of stage and had seating because they've got the gallery around the top and then if we'd had seating on even just two sides and it happening in the rid- middle, those scenes of them fighting in the ring would have felt more... Yeah, it would have been much better. You would have felt had more that like they were fighting sort of in the stadium ring. atmosphere. Yeah. I thought the main four actresses were all really engaging. I really liked all of them, kind of right yeah. from the beginning. I thought they all um, were really likeable. And yeah, and interesting characters. And actually, as it went on, you did get more into each of their individual stories. And I felt quite invested in in each one of them. So the culmination is quite quite dramatic and quite exciting in yeah, that way. Yeah, definitely. So we had, let's just name check them, we had Celeste Dodwell, who was Violet Hunter, who was the nurse. I felt like she was um, sort of feisty. She was a sort of, you know, she was a lady, and but she wasn't overly posh and sort of saccharine. I sort of felt sympathy for her and I thought she was very gutsy. Um, Matilda was Jessica Regan and she was the Irish. I thought when she kind of, later on, she gets a moment to kind of take the stage and present more and I thought she did a really great job of keeping that energy mm-hmm. up so then emma mcdonald played anna lamb also known as the angel of death angel. she was the sort of abused wife which is quite a hard part to play i like, thought she was dark, dark scenes yeah. i really liked her as well i thought her moments of stillness were really really interesting yeah, she I was just great to felt that at. she played it really well because she played it with dignity but also with emotion as well i thought mm. it was a really really good performance um, and then Polly Stokes, who is our sort of working class fighting girl, was played by Fiona Skinner. And that character really needs a big sort of feisty performance. You know, we've got to kind of believe that she is this tough champ. And um, I thought she was very convincing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I really enjoyed it. I thought the themes of it were really interesting. I thought, you know, the the historical element and the, you know, the idea of kind of gender politics going on within it mm-hmm. actually worked really well in the context of this story about you know a sort of niche sport in a way and these yeah uh, yeah, really different characters who got involved with it but then formed these relationships and friendships through 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 the sport and also kind of through their not through just through sort of female friendship and bonding but through their shared sort of drive and and also their uh, like shared kind of passion to win not just like oh we like each other so we're gonna have a great time it's like that's the thing we have in common is that we are competitive competitive exactly and tough and yeah so I thought that was an interesting angle and they didn't kind of like soften any of the edges off you know towards the end they kind of definitely kept them sort of feisty and fighting and um yeah I thought it was good I thought just some moments for me went a bit too broad um so I was kind of I don't know. There were just a few moments for me where I thought I would have reined that in slightly, but maybe that's just not the kind of piece they wanted. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I would disagree with that. I felt okay. like I felt that it needed it. Otherwise, um, for me, I don't think the energy would have been there. I don't yeah. think the passion would have been there. And I, I, I felt like... the piece really needed that to drive it on. 
it's running here until only till the 29th of June. So you've got a couple of weeks and tickets range from, I think, 17 to 29 pounds or maybe it's even 15 to 29. So, you know, again, they're quite affordable. Um, it's a great venue to come and watch a show in. A beautiful bar. Yeah, great definitely. If you beers, haven't been to pizza. the Wilton's Music Hall, I really just think everybody should come here. It's mm. such a special place. And this is a perfect Victorian sort of set show and also it's set in the kind of underworld sort of music halls and fight clubs of yeah. of London and this is the perfect setting. So it's a really cool way to see it. It's quite immersive. I just think... Um, they could, it could have been slightly more immersive if they changed that staging and kind of had it in a traverse somehow, not Rossini March. So if you want to get tickets, you've got till the 29th of June to come see it. Um, and don't forget to order your pizza for the interval. It's delicious. <laughs> so um, thank you for joining us. Um, apologies if the noise of overflying planes... They seem to have stopped now. Yeah, it's kind of... Oh my God, the oh, moment no, you said that, that Ruby one starts going one over. That's too right funny. Now. Um, so yeah, thanks. Hopefully next time we'll all try and get together indoors somewhere a bit quieter. Yeah, and I want a but, bloody um, cocktail. Oh yeah, no cocktail. We just had no beer cocktail. and pizza. This week's cocktail is beer and pizza. <laughs> grab a pizza, grab a beer, yeah, beer and pizza. It's really not the same. Um, until next time, please follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast and on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. And yeah, next time we'll be back with I don't know what our next kind of thing coming up is. But I don't know. I don't think I've got anything booked. Well, guys, get on Instagram and sort of give us some recommendations what you think we should be going to see. Yeah. Um, until next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.